0: Hello again, and welcome to the Underwater Sunshine Podcast. My name is Still Adam Duritz. I am here with my friend and compatriot, Still James Campion. Ah, we nailed that, James the Great and Powerful. <laughs> so we had an idea today about doing a certain kind of like Beetle Maniacs. Just, uh, but I don't really want to do. It's not. I realized after a little while that wasn't really exactly what I was doing. So. Before we jump forward like 15 years or so, we're just going to jump right in. 1972, I'm going to start after the Beatles with a band that I think influenced a lot of the bands we're going to talk about today. Our cat is called Blueberry. This is the Raspberries. I want to be with you.
1: raspberries with i think adam and i both agree probably it's my favorite raspberry song and i'm so glad he played it to start off because there is so much we talk about this all the time on this podcast there is so much lineage between the songs that we play whether it's punk music this kind of music 50s music into the 60s now here we are in the early 70s and there's a clear distinction between what we are going to play today, I believe. And a lot of the songs I haven't seen yet. I walked in, Adam was getting it ready, and and I'm, I'm very excited about being surprised. I threw some ideas out there, but for the most part, I'm ready to be surprised. But for me, that song really does bridge many, many gaps. It sounds exactly like 1964, 65 Beatles. It's got all this, the 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 uh, singing sentiments there, the lyrical ones, the structure of the songs, the sound of the singing. It's all there for you. It's what? it's that template that they're playing off of. That's my first observation. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, but it's so much more than that. There is the, the harmonies of the Beatles, for sure, and the soulful, almost like the Paul McCartney, yeah, right. that soulful shit. That he does, that sort of like the rock and roll belter. There's also the jangle of the birds, as you were saying to me, what during while this is going on, which is also later the jangle of uh, REM, for instance. Right. It but also, by the
1: way, they all got
0: from Rubber Soul. Uh, and it, exactly, and it also has the the crunchy chords, like the power chord, like heavy of Cheap Trick and Bachman Turner Overdrive and bands like that, yeah. or the Sweet. You know, it it it's got all this stuff in it at once. I love the, you know, the, it's got the killer chorus, and the chorus is so killer that they barely bother with a verse. It's a two-line verse, and they're really brief lines, and then it's like a 12-line chorus. It's, it's just a verse like, bridge. It's like a little, little, little verse, and then a full-on, like, big, long chorus, and then a tiny little verse, and then a full-on, big, long chorus, and that killer-like bridge. That ends up with a tonight, tonight, I always knew it would be so right, Right. which is almost like little uh, little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis turnaround in
1: there. Come on, baby, that's where I was gonna go. It's got
0: everything in that one song, and to me, although I think the people we're talking about a lot in this podcast were very influenced by the Beatles and also Big Star, there's a a pop sensibility and a few raspberry songs that were probably the biggest hits of that type in the early seventies, certainly much bigger than big star, which didn't have any hits <laughs> um, that lead to a lot of different things, including in some ways the, uh, the pop, the operatic heavy guitar pop of queen, you know, w- which takes some from this as well. The, the Raspberry's way of having like high vocals, brilliant harmonies, a uh, crunchy guitars and jangly guitars, you know, uh, Putting it all together in this thing that, like, it's just a unique pop song, and Eric Carmen with those killer vocals
1: on the top of it. Carmen is fantastic. He went on to do many, many things after this as a solo artist. Two things. The first thing is, I want to mention that uh, Eddie Trunk, who has a serious XM radio show and has written several songs, about, uh, several books about metal and rock music, interviewed me for my Kiss book, shouted out loud the story of Kiss's Destroyer and the making of American Icon. And while we were talking about that, he made very clear that Kiss was a huge part of his childhood. He ended up going to work for Mega Force Records and signing Ace Freely uh, onto there. So he's a big Kiss fan. But he said his very first band, his very first entry into rock and roll, into hard rock, with the Raspberries. And while this is playing, I said to Adam, I said, this is like Slade. This is like Free. This is like all the bands that in, that, that inspired Kiss. Even the early Kiss out. Even though they're Kiss, a rock band with things blowing up and painting their faces, they're singing songs like this. Guitar riffs with the ah, not as good harmonies or structure, but they all are being influenced by that. Yes, I mean, one of the things I just love about
0: this band you know or a few of these songs is how they managed to take all the great shit they liked bring it all together and still make it sound natural in a song it doesn't sound bizarre nope um and i want to explore a lot of people who are doing this but it it starts with writing great songs that have great hooks and really memorable lines and like heartfelt singing great guitars and i think there's a whole school of music in the post beatles years and especially post uh Big Star, I think Big Star was the first of those bands that everyone thought was going to be hugely successful and wasn't. The Raspberries are one that was, but for the most part guitar pop music in America has been relegated to the indie shelves and relegated to the uh the great unknowns and the great unheard bands uh and there's a lot of them. These guys who were completely dedicated to playing great guitar parts, who were writing great songs with great with hooks really tuneful hooky songs, to singing over-heavy guitars at times, three-part, four-part harmonies. Great, like, Crosby, Stills, and Nash meets the Beatles harmonies. A lot of those bands, you know, that we all, every time one of them would come up, we'd all wait for them to become massive, and very few of them ever did. Um, But they're a lot of my favorite music ever made, especially in the 90s when there was just a wealth of great bands playing that kind of music. Yeah, the indie um,
1: scene really brought that back. I did the other observation I had about this before we move on is one one artist and we only brought these guys up in in uh, in reference to Warren Zevon's career because he was their band leader, leader actually during this period 71 72 and played on one of their records, the Everly Brothers. Now the Everly Brothers were the number one the two most influential acts on the Beatles, except for Elvis. Everyone loved Elvis, but that's like saying the Beatles influence everybody. It's so big. But as far as musical structure, the two biggest were Buddy Holly and the Everly Brothers. What what John Lennon and Paul McCartney were doing, with the foundation they were building and then later putting it with George Harrison and of course George Martin able to put that all together to be there Brian Wilson to put all these voices on top of this rock guitar that you're talking about all comes from what the Everly Brothers did their strange tunings their extremely interesting and intricate harmonies that they laid on each other and i think that they those are the two things and buddy holly that 50s uh, aesthetic that 50s structure that we talked about for four podcasts on the punk stuff. A lot of it you are going to see a lot of parallels between what we play today. I think and what we talked about in punk because when people think of punk, they think of violent, um, you know, anti-establishment, uh, nihilistic music. But a lot of the songs, probably eighty percent of the songs we played, were pop rock. Well, songs. Well, punk is
0: also. I, I think a lot of people think that, but it's hard in a lot of ways. Punk was just the main thing was a return to the two and a half, three minute song. Right, the the, the, the song that had verse, chorus, hook and they'd play it a little more aggressively maybe, but that was a return to that form as, and getting away from the stretched out long form, overly heavy, uh, overly serious too. uh, Uh, rock and roll of the 70s. the epic, epic. But I think you're forgetting two people. I do think that the Everly Brothers with the harmonies and Buddy Holly with the song structures and the classic... uh, You're forgetting two people because the other half of them is the instrumental part of it. And it's just as important, I think, Chuck Berry and Little Richard. Yes, of course. Because they're the driving force of Little Richard.
1: Well, there's no rock and roll without Chuck Berry. And the the, the riffs of
0: Chuck Berry because the guitar... Riff, riff guitar is Chuck Berry you can't be the Beatles and you can't be the Stones without that and there's a good reason why the Beatles and the Stones both really start out as basically Chuck Berry, Chuck cover, Berry bands. cover bands they're just yeah. playing Chuck Berry cover Especially after Chuck Berry Stones. cover on the first couple records right. Beatles too on those first few records they're just yeah. playing a lot of, I mean, a lot of Chuck Berry but in the Stones' first
1: hit well not hit but their first single was Come On which is a Chuck Berry cover and they're, and, and even even their songs well into the 70s like Star Star and R- Respectable they're just And and Keith has never ever abandon the idea of the backwards riffing like that. Well, that riffing of... is everything. everything. Like, but
0: that's what Keith Richards does is he it's... writes the great riffs of our time. Right, right. You know. Uh... Anyways, I want to jump forward a bit because I just wanted to use that as an introduction to talk about some bands because these are some bands that really hooked me. And I'm going to do a deep dive into a few bands over the next few podcasts, maybe more than we usually do with single bands and slipping other things in between. But uh, I want to go – like in 1996, we were – I can't remember if we had just – finished recovering the satellites and we're already out on the road when I first heard this or if I heard it before but this song just popped out and it's a, it's a lot like is she really going out with him and then it's a guy talking to a girl about her dipshit boyfriend or the guy she used to see who was a, right. just the some Joe lunkhead moron uh and wishing <laughs> she was rid of him and saying but man you just got to get to where I'm at man because where I'm at is like I've got something so cool, and then he's singing about it. And it just knocked me out so much that I started sticking this song into all of our songs. I was sticking it in Round Here. I was sticking it in Murder of One. I was sticking it in Rain King. I just couldn't stop singing this chorus over and over (laughs) again. I was so in love with the chorus of this song that I just sung it everywhere we went. And these guys, after that, have been knocking me out ever since. And I've been humming, walking around humming their songs for the rest of my life since then, basically. And whether you know it a lot, so have a lot of you out there. But this is the first one I heard. The, the guys are... Uh, Chris Collingwood is the singer, and Adam Schlesinger is the uh, is the, the guy who writes most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm not sure the details of who wrote exactly which Yeah, songs. I've interviewed but, Adam. He's
1: fantastic. Yeah.
0: And uh, the band is called Fountains of Wayne. They were named after... They're, they're from New Jersey, and they there was a stop store a store out by where you live really yeah, yeah. about that sold like you know garden stuff and yeah. it was called fountain and it was in Wayne New Jersey yep. and it was called fountains of Wayne and they just thought that was the funniest name so they they picked that name um and this is that first song because it's the first song on their first album it's 1996 and it just i couldn't stop singing radiation vibe over and over to this day i still stick it in every now and then when i put it on like today and yesterday just checking it out because i was thinking about this podcast it brought back a a ton of memories of hearing it but like a thousand more memories of actually singing it myself not the whole song just the chorus because there's something so unbridled joy about this chorus and uh, and baby 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 go ahead Come on, what's wrong? It's a radiation vibe I'm grooving on. Don't it make you want to get some sun? Shine on, shine on, shine on. I just love the,
1: come on, what's wrong? What's wrong? It's a radiation vibe I'm grooving on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is one of my favorite all-time bands. And when I had found out, I knew Fountains of Wayne before Fountains of Wayne band. Uh, But we moved up. It's at the very edge of Route 23 in New Jersey, Wayne. And then it go, if you go north, that's when you head up towards where I live now. And um, yeah, it closed down a couple of years ago. And Adam told me, he, he you know, they, I said, did, you ever, did they ever give you shit? Did, you, did they ever get excited that you named a band? And they were like, no, they just didn't really care. <laughs> the, the first verse, it just, are you done now? Are you alone now? The,
0: sorry, this is the first verse. Are you alone now? Did you lose the monkey? He gave you backaches and now you slouch. He didn't mean it. He's just a dumb ape reading Playboy on your couch. (laughs) And now it's time to say what I forgot to say. Baby, baby, baby. Come on. What's wrong? You just gotta check it out. This is this is Fountains of Wayne radiation vibe. Are
2: you alone? Say. Hey,
1: The references to the ape reading Playboy on the couch. And, of course, I'm reminded of Joe Jackson's pretty women out walking with gorillas down my street. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Um, And I love these guys. And it's one of the things I talked to Schlesinger about when I interviewed him. I love them because they take the most mundane, banal subject matter and they build it into something pop and heroic. And... It, the this, this, the the loser guy who can't get into the parties and can't say the right things to the girls and has the shitty job and is stuck in traffic and hates talk radio and the sun is shining in my face and I forgot my sunglasses I stub my toe are in all of these songs. It's so it's a very unique band lyrically as well as nebishy loser guy. There's
0: another term for that. <laughs> Leads future lead singer, <laughs> <laughs> future guitar
1: player. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they, but those guys leave that behind and sing songs about, yeah, the girls and the thing sometimes, sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, not,
0: not a lot on this podcast today <laughs> or any of our podcast, but... Really, it's true, it's true. You know, the nice thing about when I, when I, you know, having heard the song a few times on like college radio and stuff, when I got the record, uh, I was really knocked out by how good it was, like how good the songwriting was throughout, and... Like you said about the the mundane details, the, the song that really the other song that really stuck out to me on the record was "Sick Day," mm-hmm. which is a, a beautiful, sad song about kind of slice of life about people just going to work in the offices in in New York or anywhere really. You know, in this case, it's New York. You know, the it's specifically about this girl and her loneliness, and and you know, check out the girl in the harbor tunnel crawling to work six feet under. And the day has barely begun. They're all chewing gum. And laughing at the voice on the crackling radio station. Lead us not into Penn Station. Because the best part's <laughs> just begun. We're all becoming one again. And she's making the scene with the coffee and cream and the copy machine's not working. She's a hell of a girl. She's alone in the world. And she likes to say, hey, good looking. She's on her way. She's taking a sick day. Soon. You know, And the, the latter verses are about different people in the office. And they're just sad and here is the man pushing paper past her, thinks up ways to make the day go faster, but the day goes on and on. He dreams of his lawn, and all about the pretty careerist, the next cube over, the fat secretary, the lunchtime lovers, till the path train finally comes. The platform's full of bums again, and she's making the scene with the coffee and cream, you know, and on and on till she's making a she's taking a sick day.
1: You could totally picture it
0: soon, you know. And, and and one of the great lines ever in this song is the one. He takes the the phrase "lead us not into temptation" from the Bible and the prayer, Lord's Prayer, and yeah, he says, yeah. "and laughing at the voice on the crackling radio station, lead us not into Penn Station." Right. You know, because the best part's just begun. I mean, we're all becoming one again. What a way to describe everyone going to work because the best part's just begun. We're all becoming one again, as like as the whole world, uh, New Jersey and 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 Pennsylvania and the outskirts of new york all funnel into new york city yeah. to go to their offices and, right. and their like cubicles. lemmings
1: yeah. Yeah, and, yeah i mean or or like zombies really i'm reminded of uh you know uh the the video from the film of the wall with the, we don't need no education Uh, the wall part two, where they see the kids walking on a conveyor belt. They're not even walking, they're being pushed, and then they fall into this machine. They're getting pumped out as like meat in a meat grinder. And it's that's what the way they picture everyday work. Their best album is is titled Welcome Interstate Managers. And there's an entire album about. People just working in jobs. There's a, there's a song on that record, and it escapes me what song it is. He, the entire song is him stuck on the Tappan Zee Bridge. And if you've worked anywhere near New York, Rockland County, or New Jersey, you know the Tappan Zee Bridge, until they just fix it up the last four or five years, has been one of the great hellscapes for commuters. And for those guys to capture that moment in a song, who does that? It's, it's just brilliant stuff. But
0: it doesn't work. None of this works. No matter the details you come up with. Unless you can match it to a melody, which is the great gift of the Paul McCartney's of this world and the Adam Schlesinger's of this world. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it does to a certain extent. But what makes it work, all the details in the world, is the melody. The heartbreaking melody, one after another, and song after song. And like I said, we're going to deep dive in a few bands today and next week. And uh, anyways, let's continue with... Uh, yes, we I want to play you Sick Day, because I actually want to get in a little while to welcome interstate managers because it's my favorite album yes. there's too. Yep. but Sick Day is a beautiful song good point yeah. we're going to yep. play Sick Day right now before we lose the, 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 the thread on it so this is again Fountains of Wayne from the first album Fountains of Wayne 1996 this is Sick Day
2: Ways to make the day go faster But the day goes on and on He dreams of his lawn And all about the pretty careerist The next cube over The fat secretary The lunchtime lover Till the bath train finally Not working. She's a hell of a girl, she's alone in the world, and she likes to say, hey girl.
1: once again from their first record fountains of Wayne," which i once wrote were the nine to five suburban middle class troubadours and singing about copy machines and coffee and cream and penn station uh i'll let my co-host and songwriter here discuss the beauty of that that's a songwriting um, clinic as i was saying while it was going because adam pointed out some really beautiful elements of that song but just on the on this on what we were talking about about the structure and what he said perfectly was you got these mundane subjects you got these kind of sad dreary characters but the melody and the singing and the presentation of it it's soaring and it's as I said before it's heroic almost Homeric in its you know Odyssey almost of but he's just talking about these bland subjects and well sort of but they're humans and what else are we writing about if not like
0: all the loneliness inside. People, what does what does is, what is Tennessee Williams say? We we live lives of quiet desperation. Yeah, I no, was, that's was Confucius. Who said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thoreau I mean, that's human thorough. beings struggling through life and keeping it to themselves and just trying to deal with the day to day. You know, we're all like beautiful people inside ourselves, and when you have to get on the train every day and go to work, you know, I remember getting up in the morning and getting up really early and going to do landscaping or construction and, and working at it all day. And I didn't actually mind the job, but, but I had all these dreams of things I wanted to do. And I, you know, you're just sitting there with them rolling around inside your head all day. you I am going to be able to play music because, you know, and when you get home at night, you're really, really tired from all that work. And then you go home and you only have a few hours before you really have to start thinking about going to sleep again because you got to get up early. And, you know, that's what these people and everybody really in the world is going through. And he he's just capturing it in a really
1: incredible way, um, and, and not unlike getting back to the Beatles' "Penny Lane," uh, a song about you know everyday life in Liverpool, the people that run around, the cops and the firemen, and the the girl you know, lovely Rita Mita. Made two two Paul McCartney songs, whereas Lennon would get very ethereal during that period and very psychedelic. And even though he wrote a "Day in the Life" with had little sn- snippets, you, you know the Beatles, uh, even in their most phantasmic uh period always wrote about, you know, the everyday life, the relatable things. If you think about what Dark Side of the Moon is, even though it's got this long form, strange, you know, everything on that record, Breathe, Money, uh, you know, us and them. These are songs about everyday stuff. Uh but Fountains of Wing really captures it, I think, in a unique way. And I think, and if we're gonna get on to the second record, or I think it's their second record, um, managers. Uh, they really nail it home here. It's almost like a concept album, but what we're talking about, what they do well, and uh, it is the combination. But just for a second, because I want the listeners to hear what you tell me. There's a section in that song where that little arpeggio comes in, and they wait, and the vocals come in. That it's very, very structured in a, in a, I don't know, what are they doing there? They're really. Well, it's just
0: right in the middle between the the first the first chorus and before the second verse comes in. They're kind of playing the chord pattern of the. Uh, uh, it's just come out of this really powerful she's making a she's taking a sick day soon uh, chorus and they're hanging they're playing the chords to the verse but they're just hanging on this but over the top of them is just the lead guitar player is just playing this Was it Jody Porter's I can't remember. Uh, he's just playing this guitar arpeggio. Boom ba boom, ba do boom ba do boom it comes in with da 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 But for that it just hangs there for that minute with that really just a quietly repeating guitar figure over the chords changing underneath it, and it just hangs there for a second. And it, it's heartbreaking on its own. It just—it's this breath they give you, but it—it's so sad somehow. Well, which is what arpeggios are for, really, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. great that way. <laughs> um, well, that's
1: what I was getting at—is where are they doing musically? They're—they're—they're they're, they're creating a mood. They're putting you into this mood. This and the and I picture in my mind's eye. I picture the girl, the, the young woman. I I like when he mentions we. Then we all become one because we all get swept up into this one, like we were saying before, into this office milieu. And now they're all there. But I picture her just kind of sitting there while things are flying around her, and she's just dreaming about a better life. I just, I love that imagery.
0: Yeah, I it's it's incredible. I want to come back to Founds of Wayne, uh, but take a look. I want to come back to them, but but I want to take because I want to talk. They're like our deep dive on this podcast. But I also want to talk about. Some other bands working in this vein that people may not have ever heard of. Uh, There's a band from Austin uh, called Cotton Mather. Uh, And people have either heard of them – well, isn't that an obvious thing to say? People have even heard of them. Or they haven't. Or they haven't. (laughs) (laughs) I heard
1: of them because I know
0: you. That's pretty much how uh, it's (laughs) and They were this like power pop band, same kind of like guitar rock thing out of Austin. They made a few records, didn't get a lot of attention paid to them. They made this – I think it's their third album. It, it's called Contiki. And depending on who you talk to, this is one of the the 25 greatest albums of all time. You know, like uh, it got some indie play in America. No one was really paying attention I'm not even sure it got released in the UK, but Noel Gallagher, they were making the second or the third, I think, Oasis album. Uh, it's not it's about a year later cuz this is in 97 when this year, this one comes out the end of 97 he heard this record and started taking it around to everyone at, at the record companies in england and saying this is the fucking greatest band you've got to check this out and uh it it ended up coming out over there and was a pretty big like indie hit in, in england uh, i don't know if it was on creation over there i can't remember but uh it was one of the ones when immer and i used to go to those record stores the bills the two bills stores uh okay. in uh minus zero and christ what's the other one called I'm going to come back to you on that. Um, they they turned us on to Cotton Mather and a lot of bands like Cotton Mather, that some of which I'll play you today. But they, they gave us this record, Contiki, and said, you have to buy this. It's like they played a lot of it for us and we flipped out. It's the same kind of thing. It's got like really outrageous guitars, great vocals, harmonies, and hooks. Just vocal hooks. And I'm going to play a couple songs off it because – you know, for a lot of people, this like in a lot of critics' lists, this ends up being like one of the twenty-five greatest albums of all time. Or, it, you know, it, it gets deluxe releases later on, which is a, it's a record that most people have never heard of, but it's celebrated in some circles as the Big Star records.
1: Yeah, um, I was going to say this is very much a '90s version of Big Star.
0: Oh, you you have heard
1: Cottonmouth? Oh, oh cool. yeah, yeah. Well, because of you, we've we've talked about it. We, you know, oh. one of the
0: times working on the book.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I hadn't heard about them until until you told me. About this is
0: it. the first song on the record, "Kantiki," uh, Camp Hill Rail Operator. I don't know what this song's about, but it blows my mind.
2: The misery of a heart court inside the body of a girl. Does she want to take control? When her A trap breaks down, will she take my bus home and care of this contraption that can't feel well operated? Woman, is this some sort of
1: so big star wow i hear that reverberating all through that and of course i also hear uh you know she said she said from um revolver uh just that and the voice cutting through and there's some weird phrasing in there really really weird disturbing phrasing they're not
0: they're not worried about sticking on the 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 four beats and having it that way They'll, (laughs) they'll sing on the drum beats of the That are almost like Like accent beats. Yeah, Yeah, they're singing on the drum fills in some ways in there. It's kind of crazy. It is. Um, There's – what was that line that I love so much in that song? Plus uh, the
1: opening and the closing of it is crazy cool.
0: Is she half who she ought to be or an overdue prodigy whose unsolicited view of your presence confused with her past? I love that. Her unsolicited view of your present is confused with her past. That when you're walking around fucked up in your own head, you do walk around and you give other people, you tell other people what they should do with their life. Her unsolicited view of your present is confused with her past. I mean, that's a great line.
1: Or the old saying, you know, when you sleep with someone, you sleep with everyone that they've ever slept with. You know, whenever someone has a terrible breakup or horrible thing, they cast those aspersions on you, unfortunately, because we all have pasts. We all have histories. And when you... You connect with somebody else your first thought is is this is this person like this other person and it's not really fair but getting back to the uh the phrasing of that think about what what, what adam just read there i mean these guys sing it in the most melodic way and jam it in there and i mean not like the way dylan or bruce springsteen do where you could see they're jamming a lot of words into one phrase No, but it's an incredibly complex
0: song very much so
1: in care of his contraption mad
0: camp hill rail operator woman that's the first line is she speaking from the heart Maybe blasting from another world, or just an emissary of a higher court inside the body of a girl. Does she want to take control? When her 8-track breaks down, will she take my bus home? Mm. In care of his contraption, mad Camp Hill rail operator woman. Is this some sort of reverie for the one-woman Jan and Dean heading for the crash?
1: Like the Jan and Dean reference. Love that.
0: I mean, it's just an incredible... Is she half who she ought to be, or an overdue prodigy whose unsolicited view of your present is confused with her past? At the table by the door of my moment, but she can't sit still. And when I crash upon the floor, she'll come across the stage and finish out the bill. She throws one switch and all trains are in space. What she lays on those tracks you can't ever erase. In care of his contraption, mad camp hill rail operator woman.
1: Yeah. And I (laughs) – yeah yeah is the key. Um, The the reference to 8-track, which is parallels – no pun intended, the tracks of the rail operator, in a sense. But the 8-track, and if you were born... I mean, when did the 8-tracks come out of Vogue? Like, 78, 79? They didn't last long. It's I mean a long I, time ago. A long time ago. I mean, but i it's, it's a very, very rare reference.
0: It's a great twisted phrase, too. When her 8-track breaks down, will she take my bus home?
1: Yeah, yeah. Not
0: even my train home. When her 8-track breaks down, will she take my bus, bus home? home? Yeah. You know, like, they're on totally different wavelengths, and they're on totally different transportation systems. Yeah. <laughs> you know like that's, but that's what he's doing he's like twisting all the ideas around at once it's very creative lyric writing it is to go along with some very creative music and melody mashing all together um
1: great choice because yeah, that really depicts what that record is about that song
0: there's, there's one more I want to play off this album because I can't recommend highly enough Contiki to people I had so much trouble narrowing it down to two songs I decided there were a few bands over the next few podcasts that I wasn't going to bother narrowing down um one of them, obviously, is going to be... Uh, Fountains of Wayne, which Fountains we Fountains of Wayne, yeah. But, uh, you know, the the one other one I want to play you is this song called My Before and After, where, you know, so many songs written about the ways in which our lives are turned upside down by the people that we love. But the ways in which the women and the men that come into our lives are like uh, hurricanes. You know, they, they, they come into our lives, they smash everything, they turn it inside out, they turn us inside out. And his version of that is this song... Um, She picked me out of the millions, thumbing an OED, dressed me down to civilian, cracks the code on the Rosetta Stone, said the word for alone is alone, my before and after, my before and after, my before and after her. We found that our mutt was truly some work of genius. She helped my best friend see through me, said the Church of His Holiness lied, this world's no dead end, it's a park and ride, my before and after, my before and after her. Now I'm a dangerously reprogrammed man, like that guy in the Manchurian. My before and after, my mm-hmm. before and after, my
1: before and after her. Manchurian, obviously re- referring to Manchurian, Manchurian candidate, candidate, but yeah. not having the syllables for that. But also because in that in that film or in that concept, the idea of someone who is not really what they pretend to be. And what he sings in this song, listen to it, because I remember it. I was just telling Adam, the the... My memory of it was when he turned me on to this. I, I listened to it all the way home, and I, I'm about 32, 34 miles from here. But it takes me about an hour to get out, you know getting out of the town. So I listened to the whole record on a ride home one a night in the dark, and it was so cool. I mean, just listening, trying to pick out the words. Oh man, I wish I had the lyrics, but I had to imagine what he was singing. But that that before and after, before and after, before and after her, just kept coming over and over the way he sings it. And it it how could you not relate to that in any way? When you meet somebody And they're that important to you You're never the same person again You try to remember who you were before that But your very DNA is changed By just being in the same room with them And he it, Forget everything else he's singing in this And that maybe it was me Because the first time I heard it That's the thing that kept resonating Like a great chorus will But I loved how he just keeps repeating that line Like a blues trope Over and over again Until he says Her, Her. Yeah <laughs> uh, This is Cotton Mather my before and after.
2: She picks me out of the millions. The man in a weed dress me down to civilians.
0: All the interesting things they're doing musically in there—it's really uh, highly related to. Uh, she said. She said. She said. She said. She said. Also, Bulldog. But especially, the, yeah, Bulldog. The way they come hey, out Bulldog. of the chorus yeah. Yeah. Uh, into that riff is is very much that that sort of Beatles uh, template. Um, but I also love how, through the chorus, as he's singing my before and after, the do 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 don, do 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 is being played on. It's on the bass, but it's also a really low piano. The guy's pounding a low piano going, bum, 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 bum. And it sounds like
1: a stand-up piano, not like a, a you know, a, a, you know, it sounds like a barroom piano. I me. don't
0: know, it's just that really low note, and it, it, that's a thing that could be, in a lot of situations, <clears throat> that would be a guitar like, down, 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 right, right. down, 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 But instead, he's he's, they've chosen to do it on that, like, way at the low end of the piano. Just big, thunderous, like, ringy, uh, piano
1: notes That's uh, really cool It is very cool And, and uh, when we were discussing This desert life And how you guys Approach that Trying to come up With different sounds To create moods To try to not use The same things All the time To, to get songs across To serve the songs I find that on this record I, It makes perfect sense That you would love This record Because it reflects A lot of the stuff That you guys have done And other bands That we have played On this podcast And these guys uh, Cotton Mather It just There's something About this band this record in particular that is experimental without being annoying without being hey look at us how cool we're being it's just every song has its own theme musically which in a greater scope falls under this guitar rock big star beatlesque and it's very style. reminiscent in the experimentation stuff of
0: stuff that like of what wilco got into yes. on later records yes. on by uh, like the ghost well, the ghost is born. Yankee Hill, Foxtrot. Before that, mm-hmm. a slight amount on uh, being there. You know, when they went, when they really left uh, Uncle Tupelo behind and started doing some really interesting, weird stuff that went along with their songwriting. Good point. It's the kind of stuff these guys are going going through as well. Beginning and ending uh, Camp Hill rail operator with the backwards guitar stuff. <laughs> you know, and like, yep. and then almost another song tagged on the beginnings of like a an arpeggio guitar at the very end of Camp uh, Hill Rail Operator, which reminds me almost of uh, Brian Wilson's Smile Stuff, the snipping things together and pasting, making songs out of pieces of things and just, just, you know, sewing them together, basically.
1: Which is what Zappa did with the Mothers, and, you know, we haven't mentioned the Mothers much on this podcast, but, you know, if you listen to those first two or three Mothers records, especially the one they did, uh, Uh, We're Only In It For The Money, which is basically a... a, um, a homage if you want to be uh kind or a critique or a satire of what the beatles were doing but Sappa was doing it so beautifully and he had a great pop sensibility and a lot of the stuff they're doing on there is very early Mothers style where you know you got these great vocals and these cool kind of weird ways they're phrasing the their the version lyrics. of flow and eddie flow and eddie yeah, yeah. comes out of the whole mother's uh uh period sure and um yeah, I mean, it, all this stuff is in there, and, and that's what I love about doing this podcast with you because both of us have similar backgrounds in hearing this music and then saying, wait a minute, have I heard that before? And you haven't, but what you have heard is who influenced that band? And if not influence, at least inform them into playing this kind of music. This is one of the – I agree 100%. This is one of the great albums that I've heard over the last 15, 20 years because it it evokes so much – response is the way we're you know I don't think there's anybody even with no background of hearing the Beatles which I doubt there's any human being alive that has no reference to the Beatles would get a lot out of this record
0: Well it's one of the things I really loved about It's one of the things I have always loved about music and specifically though the indie music boom of the 80s and 90s and the time after that uh is that it encouraged people to not just try to be the next thing that works on a major label you know they were willing to go out there and just try ideas and do stuff and be cool and experiment and you know with the idea that there's one way or another there's people out there who will play this on college radio it might not be top 40 but they will play it on college radio and there's people who will people will find us and they will appreciate it and you know they're not just making the most basic pop songs. They're out there writing albums in a world where, where, like, no one has responded to them yet after two or three albums. They come up and make this album, which is not a simple thing. No. Which they... And I think this whole album's recorded in... Uh, what's his name? Not Williams. Robert Harrison. Is that the guy's... The leader's name? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's all recorded in his garage, this record. I think they did this at home in his garage. Um,
1: and
0: and by, it's by extraordinary. The
1: way, by the way, Fountains Wayne said that they recorded... Well, at least, you know, Schlesinger told me he, he they recorded... At least the manager's record and the one after that, which I think is, uh, I forget the name of the, what I interviewed him for. Um, he, they, they recorded it on Pro Tools right in their house. Oh, right awesome. in the house.
0: Well, going back to that and, and speaking of like uh, how the women and the men in our lives that enter into it turn our lives inside out and upside down. I want to go back to Fountains of Wayne. This was a, a, an unreleased track that ended up getting released on Out of State Plates, which is their like B-Sides record. Oh, I love B-Sides that double album. album. Yes. And it's the first song on the record, I think. And it is just an extremely awesome, blistering driving pop masterpiece, and it's just about that—just about a girl who makes your life miserable. Um, <laughs> but it—I love this song. I love the places the guitar stops. I love the places the guitar plays. I love the vocals. This is Fountains of Wayne. This is Maureen.
1: Yeah.
2: we
0: Such a great song! Oh, it is. I mean, it's just—I don't know how much to say about it, but I—I I love listening to it. They're using every trick in the book just to make it a
1: blistering fun. Ma 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 Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and you know, I, there's um, a couple of things we should we should say for the listeners. If you're not familiar with Fountains of Wayne, there are two big ones: with Stacy's mom, which was a hit. Right around the turn of the century, I would say late 90s, early aughts. Off of Welcome
0: Interstate Managers. Yeah, which
1: we're about to play some stuff off of. Um, it's been done in commercials and other things. Again, a great song about, you know, some kid has got a crush on his friend's mom.
0: Had a great a video that was made uh, right. starring Rachel Hunter. Yes. And kind of uh, made like a Fast Times at Richmond High yes. story, you know.
1: Right. And then, of course, to really bury the lead... Uh, maybe their most famous, and again, in my interview with Adam, he said, you know, I want to shoot myself in the face because I played a thousand times during the movie. They wrote the theme song, That Thing You Do. Well, Adam did.
2: Adam yeah. Schlesinger did, yeah.
1: Yeah, for the, um, for uh, the, uh, the one-eyeders or the one whatever we always joke about that.
0: One eaters. The o- one. <laughs> or the wonders. As it's the supposed wonders.
1: To be. The one-need. Right. Um, that's the trouble you get. That's the perfect example of the trouble <laughs> you get into being clever with your name. Right. The um, the Tom Hanks film that is you know sort of a uh, again a homage to the Beatles era, but all those bands that came out those one-hit wonders, uh, which is great because that's hidden under the subtext of that the one-hit wonders from the from that whole British movement where you have an american band and i remember the first time adam and i talked about that that film uh and i think i'm paraphrasing what you said you loved it because it goes to show you that there's like this, this guy is is kind of depicted, or you don't love it you no, i, I do not you like you do not movie. like it it's because of the 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 guy is is seen as like this tortured artist guy who can't get it together but meanwhile he's the brilliant guy who's writing the song he's the guy who's it. just
0: trying to have them do stuff the right way and make their music and he's getting shit because he won't just do what the record company says. Yes. He won't just play the hit or do the hit or whatever they want him to do. And he's portrayed as the bad guy in that movie.
1: Just do that thing you do again. Just do that thing you do, which, again, is a great subtext. Yeah. That thing you do. What do we do? We do that. And yeah. he doesn't want to do that. I yeah. don't
0: I, – I really – that movie annoys the shit out of me <laughs> that, because of that. It starts off as something I really like and then it just begins to annoy the shit out of me. Right.
1: But the song is great and yeah. it's funny how Schlesinger wrote it and – you know probably got paid more for that than anything else. And then uh, he said he, he went to the premiere and he's like, oh, my God, it's in every scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it must be hilarious to see that. Well,
0: it's funny because, like, I, I don't know if I told the story in another podcast or I just told it to you, but we were all trying to write that song. It was out in Hollywood among all the musicians and all the songwriters that they were doing this movie and they needed the song for That Thing You Do and they wanted they gave it to the guys. And, uh, you know, the gigolo ants, um I was working on one. We were all trying to come up with that song. Everyone I knew, um, and you, did, you know, Adam is the one who came up with it. You did
1: tell me. Do you, I think did part of that song end up in a, in A County Crow song, or did you abandon it? completely? No, I just abandoned it. I think okay, because I don't. I, even, I don't
0: remember. I actually don't remember anything about my version. I have vague memories of of Dave Gibbs' version that the Jigalo ants were working on. But uh, you know, I, I don't know if people kept them after Adam. After Adam kind of uh, came up with the one. Right. Uh, I don't know what other people did with them. I never heard any other versions of that. It must be fun to do,
1: though, given given a assignment like that. Sound like this.
0: Well, it was just, you know, come up with a song for this movie. It was cool. Um, yeah. I want to get into Welcome Interstate Managers now because I really do love this record. It's more slices of life, and so many of them are so good. Uh, this one, uh, the one I want to play first, and we can play anyone's ones you want to author, uh it's about someone having been wrapped up or wiped out by life in new york who's leaving Uh, well it's about he's he's not he's talking about someone who's leaving him yes um and you know he's talking about this girl i think who's who's leaving him behind to Uh, go to hollywood and be famous right i'm not sure that it says that um you're awake and trying not to be wrapped around your pillow like a prawn this is in the middle of the song and the night times wrapped around you will be until it drops you on the dawn from the sea train to the shiny tower Kicked around till happy hour. Found you. Where you can drink that smirk right off your face. And now you're leaving New York for no better place. Yeah. And here's your reflection in a building uptown. A ghost inside some Madison Avenue display. Like water under bridges, you're slowly passing by as you sail between the rooftops and the sky. And the bourbon sits inside me. Right now I'm a puppet in its sway. And it may be the whiskey talking, but I, the whiskey says I miss you every day. I love that line. I love that line, too. That's a it good. may be the whiskey talking, but the whiskey says, says I miss <laughs> you every day. Yeah. So th- I taxi to an all-night party, park me in the corner in an old chair, sip my drink, and stare out into space. And now you're leaving New York for no better place. Pow. I don't think it says necessarily that she's leaving from No, Hollywood, you know what I'm thinking but- of?
1: Hackensack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which goes to show you that this, this definitely is if not a concept album, an album in which each song flows into the other where the characters are very similar you know about this guy who's stuck in hackensack she's going off to do great things and he's he's like a high school sweetheart who never goes gets out of hackensack in this case same kind of thing he's he's pining for her but when he says you're leaving new york for no better place for those of us who love new york who live in new york who was born and raised in new york uh you know we think that (laughs) but i mean
0: i think i also understand because i've seen this happen to friends who aren't in in as uh good a circumstances as I am, that New York can be exhausting and it can wipe you out. It can be a hammer that hangs over your head because it's difficult. It's loud. It's fast. There's people moving around all the time. You don't have a car. You walk everywhere. or take the subway, so you don't have any privacy. And it's just really hard just to afford it. The beginning of the song, I I, I skipped it over to get to the, the, the latter parts, but is that supposed to be your poker face or was someone run over by a train? And you were minding your own business, but you're begging for forgiveness just the same. And it's running back and forth inside your mind, just how that town defined you, dressed you up, painted your face, and now you're leaving New York for no better place. That's- you know that 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 you know the, the sound that that you do become molded and shaped by the town because it is such a, the city itself is such an omnipresent part of all of our lives more than any place else I've ever lived. New York is a part of your daily life when you live in New York, and you know some people that's everything they need and some people it is it is it just wipes people out the worst thing about it is that when they leave i've had this with several of my friends who got really burnt out on new york and had to leave but they always feel like they're missing something
1: like decent Chinese like something's
0: food? going on well just like something's going on and they're not there yeah it's like they have that 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 fomo every day now wherever they are because there was always something going on in new york and now that they're somewhere else it's easier in some ways but they always feel like they're on the edge of somewhere they're supposed to be. It's somewhere just out of hearing and just out of sight. Something's happening they're supposed to be at. And it, it's a sensation, like a phantom arm or something, that, that haunts people who leave New York, I think, in some ways.
1: Some people, not everybody. But, uh, but I get it, because I never... I, I don't want to go to the Woody Allen wrote where make a joke if he can't live outside, outside the island. He melts. Uh, but, you know, the... For me, I've always – and my relationship and my working uh, relationship with you has been born of everything that I've ever loved about this town and being around this town. People would say to me, well, well you know, why don't you live somewhere else so you can write more? You don't, it's not as much money and you don't have to hustle as much. I said, well, you know, New York City is the thing that makes me want to write. When I come in to meet musicians here, writers, filmmakers, actors – um, you know, authors, I come here, you know, I come and meet them in hotels and restaurants. I go to places where Kerouac and Hemingway drank and I'm inspired by, by plays and, and every band comes through here and and it is one of those things that it's just, it's fused through you. You can't, if you have it and you do love it, because I know a lot of people who pay a lot of money to live just outside of New York and never enjoy it the way I do. I just, I have to be in here. I have to get that vibe. It's a great point. And I think that's all in this song. He's kind
0: of saying that in this song. Very much. And it, it's it's a, he's talking about the unfortunate chasm that has grown between him as someone who can't leave and her as someone who's gone or is leaving. And he just sort of sits down to drink it off. Also, I want to just mention one more thing because we're talking about the the musical similarities in a lot of these songs in some ways, that this, like my before and after, like she said, she said... Uh, is another one of those ones that 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 sits on a riff and that builds through the chorus into a point, and when it drops out of the chorus, it falls back into the riff. You'll hear it at the top of the song and after the chorus. Leaving New York City for no better down 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 it, it, Just the same thing. My before and after her down down, down down Same thing as she said. She said. You know. I know what it's like to. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. This song. This song. Uh, Drops in and out of that riff And the choruses release into it Like a tension builder And then a release into the riff It's a common technique in rock and roll It's also one of my favorite things in rock and roll When you can hold the tension up enough Like these songs do Both the ones we just spoke of She Said, She Said And my before and after And I love the way the riff works in this song Right You know, it's a, it's a complex one It's more about the rhythm of it Than the actual single notes The riff sets the rhythm for the song And the groove of the song The groove is in the riff Anyways, this is Fountains of Wayne from the album we've been talking about. Welcome Interstate Managers. This is No Better Place.
2: Is that supposed to be your poker face? was someone run over by a train You're minding your own business But you're begging for forgiveness Just the same And it's running back and forth inside your mind Just how that sound defined you Dressed you up Painted on your face Now you're leaving New York no better place You're awake and trying not to be Wrapped around your pillow like a pawn And the night time's wrapped around you Will it be until it drops you on the dawn? Chained to the shiny tower Kicked around till happy hour Found you Where you can drink that smirk Right off your face Now you're leaving New York
1: Wood is an astonishing great phrase master. I mean, his freezing in that song and it, the, the vocals in there, the background vocals, great uh, assessment on your part, uh, deconstruction there about the way they use that riff and keep coming back to it as almost like the chorus in the song itself. Uh, just a, it's just a wonderful song. It's, the, this whole record is just spectacular. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a great, unappreciated, like a, like a lot of these, uh, it's funny, one of the things we're talking about, because none of these, I mean, Stacey's mom was a big hit. It was a hit. That was a big hit. But I don't know that people, no. I don't know that enough, I, I know that enough people do not know Fountains of Wayne. If I have one wish from our podcast when this comes out, it's like, I hope you all go and just sit, spend the day, just take the weekend, it's summertime, take the fucking summer and listen to Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's fucking. You have the
1: summer. Listen to Fountains of Wayne. Uh, yeah, go stand in a fountain and listen to Fountains of Wayne. Uh, <laughs> and you could pass. Now, Fountains of Wayne is like uh, where Fountains of Wayne used to be is like a um, uh, electronic store now, selling TVs and stereos and, and such. At the bottom of Route twenty three, at uh, the confluence of twenty three and forty six, going east and west, is a really great Indian restaurant right by there that we go to all the time. Um, Another song I'd like to play. Should I go? Confluence, onto? by the way.
0: Confluence. A word that used to be used for the meeting of great rivers <laughs> and now and now has been relegated to highways, <laughs> you know, highways we, and freeways. We
1: have a few rivers in Jersey, but mostly highways um, and Route 80 is there, too. It's a giant confluence. Um, I, I would like to play Hallie's Waitress next. And to give you a great example, I believe, of what we've been talking about, about how unique this band is in combining things that we all go through and we've all waited for a waitress <laughs> where the hell's my waitress uh, actually happened to me today at a diner in Jersey this afternoon the, the chorus part is it's been so long so long darling don't you know we miss you when you're gone so long so long this could be a song about you know missing a girl but the first verse is Sally's waitress never comes around she's hiding in the kitchen She's nowhere to be found. I, I just want some coffee. Is that too much to ask? his Waitress is not up to the task. <laughs> but again, the way they're singing it is so beautiful. So I wanted to play the song. We could have played just about anything, and I think the other songs that Adam has picked is going to be great, too. You're going to love it. But he's right. Even whatever we play on this podcast will not give. This is just the tip of the fountains of Ween. Um, it's,
0: it's a brilliant songwriting word. conceit on this record, too. They're taking this idea of conceit is of, of, of a love that's been gone for years it's in so many songs about someone who's been who's been gone for so long and we miss you i mean i think the, the pre-course there is and when she finally appears it's like she's been away for years you know and it's like it's like this song about you've been gone so long we miss you when you're gone and then you get in the second verse to hallie's waitress has vanished once again she's talking to her agents she's calling all her friends forget about the coffee I'll just take a check. Hallie's a waitress. You know you'll get yours yet. You know, it's like that it's not that she's disappeared because her last love is gone. She's just in the fucking kitchen. She's calling her agent. She's calling her friends. She's doing everything but waiting on the table. <laughs> and uh and and he mixes these two subjects. The 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 classic right. girl, dis disappeared girl that I miss so badly song with where the fuck is the waitress, you know? And you don't even realize he's doing it at first. It's not until the second verse that you realize what he's talking about. And he's like, he's making fun of her in a way. But it's a, that's a brilliant lyrical conceit. It, and it, it's just the kind of twisted shit that
1: runs through Adam's brain. Yes. And also, again, as you were saying earlier, it's sung so beautifully, so forlornly, that you could, if you had any of the lyrics to this... It would be about a girl who's gone, and you miss her, and you're, you're calling out to, the, to the, the empty skies. Where is she? But, you know, she's in the kitchen calling
0: our agent. At a certain point, though, we've all had enough fucking relationships. We just need some coffee. <laughs> you know what I think? Everybody needs you know, coffee. I don't need my heart broken or my heart unbroken. I just need my fucking sandwich. <laughs> Girls you know, come and go. I asked for a fucking BLT. <laughs> I, <Yeah. laughs> Alright, so let's go. Here it is. Halley's Waitress.
2: Haley's Waitress Never comes around She's hiding in the kitchen She's nowhere to be found Just want some coffee. Is that too much to ask? Haley's hey, waitress is not up to the task. check Amy's waitress you know you'll get your
1: All of a sudden it turns into like this soulful, I love that 70, the strings coming in, and it's just so good. These guys are so, and this record in particular, I I know we're just going to be blathering on about how great things are, but this is amazing. I'm totally surprised. I was not prepared for Fountains of Wayne today, but now I'm totally into this.
0: I'm going (laughs) to, I want to take a quick jaunt away from Fountains of Wayne again, Okay, just like we did before, just to talk about one of their band and just play one of their songs. Uh, This is a great, uh, Holland has a history of producing great rock and roll bands: Golden Earring, uh, with Radar Love, uh, Shocking Blue with Venus, uh, Our Friends in Bluff. That didn't translate to America because Bluff writes in in uh, in Dutch. But a lot of the bands, because they speak English so well in Holland, uh, have written in English. Uh, Betty Severe, we played, we played right. the song Tomboy right. off them, but. There's another one that, when we were heading to England to those record stores, they were playing us this as well. It's a band called Daryl Ann. Uh, they were a Dutch band in the 90s, same period of time. Their first album, I think, is 92. They have one called, a pretty uh, highly regarded record called Seaborn West in 95. Uh, and they have this record in 1999, right around the same time as all this other stuff, called Happy Trom which was the name of some Dutch folk singer, I think. But they have a song on it called Shirley Justice that opens the record. The whole album's really good, and Daryl Ann has made many record. Well, about six records, I think. They're really worth checking out as well. They're a Dutch band, but they write in English, and the songs are so good. I just want to play you one of their songs, because we're just going through this guitar pop, and I want to show you a little bit more. This is, this is Daryl Ann from the 1999 record Happy Traum, uh, and this is called Shirley Justice. You'll see the similarities through a lot of this music. Oh,
1: to believe that's dutch i mean they they there's like zero accent going on there it sounds like an english pop band
0: yeah well i mean a lot of those bands there's no accent on the for carol van dyke on the uh betty Severe stuff you right. you'd never hear it on uh well radar love you've heard radar love a thousand yeah, times you sure. don't really think about the accent or you know shocking blues venus you know it's a famous famous pop song um covered uh by bananarama that's for their funny. biggest hit um, anyways I just want to play I want to just dip into that for a little bit to show like here's another band doing this over in Holland you know you know that's so far from here but they're listening to the same music they've got the they've got the question mark in the Mysterians organ but quietly understated yeah, in yeah. there dun, 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 dun. yeah they're working with the guitars they've got great harmonies and they've got melodies again hooky
1: melodies that's the this is the first song you've played today we've played that um, that sounds like the period I mean if I'd have heard if you'd have played me that without telling me anything, I would have said sixties five, sixty six. It sounds like that period. I mean really sounds like that. Not, not they're not, you know, informed by it or doing a homage. They're, they it sounds like a band from that period.
0: Yeah, that one doesn't have as much of the uh the heavy guitars that some of the other ones on that song anyways. Um Land's a band worth checking out though. They're they're really quite a good band. Um so let's get back to Welcome Interstate Managers a little back to the 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 horrors of the workaday life in New York. Um mm-hmm. I, guess, I think this was the main single off this album wasn't Oh I guess af I'm sorry that's but not true. Of Stacey, course it was Stacey's it was Stacy's Mom. mom. Yeah. But uh, Hey Julie is I think the next single. It didn't do as well as Stacey's Mom, but it's a great song. And once again it's about the plodding day-to-day life nightmare on one hand of going to work in the office every day and 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 the beat down from his boss. Um as I put a piece
1: with a soup stained
0: tie working all day for a mean little man with a clip on tie and a rub on tan, he's got me running around the office like a dog around a track, but when I get back home, you're always there to rub my back. Hey, Julie, you know he gets and the chorus is about the relief when he comes home to the person he loves, you know hours on the phone, making pointless calls. I got a desk full of papers that mean nothing at all. Sometimes I catch myself staring into space, counting down the hours till I get to see your face. Hey, Julie, look what they're doing to me and you know?
1: that great bridge. That, and then, by the way, this is the most fun to play this on a, on guitar. So if you play acoustic guitar, go find the guitar tab to this and, and have fun with it. Uh, the bridge is like a B minor to E minor thing. And what's the what's the the, the bridge part? How did it come to be that you and yes. I must be
0: far away from each other every day. day? Why must I spend my time filling up my mind with facts and figures that never add up anyway? They never add up anyway. And then the last verse, which I love. But you were just starting to quote from it. Working all day for a mean little guy with a bad toupee and a soup-stained tie. <laughs> He's got me running around the office like a gerbil on a wheel. He can tell me what to do, but he can't tell me what to feel. Hey, Julie, look what they're doing to me.
1: It's it's a great structured song. Beautiful. Again, very... Not even Beatles per se, but just a beautiful. This could be a little uh, Everly, but it's got a little Everly Brothers flavor. We talked about it at the beginning. Well, it's of the more podcast. acoustic song.
0: This one's got a, more of an acoustic feel.
1: The, la- the last few we're going to play
0: are more of an acoustic feel than right. the other ones, which are more electric.
1: And I like that, you know, that little thing they got going there. And it's got a little me and Julio too to it too. You know, yeah, Paul Simon because it's kind of got a little funk to it. But that bridge again, where they go to the minor thing, you know, and you know, I can't. When he sings, he kind of tells you the story of what it is. I can't believe I got to do this every day. And again, getting back to the drudgery. But he's he again. She's this beacon of light. She's this um, light at the end. She's, she's Fitzgerald's green light at the end of the at the pier. Someone to dream about to get out of whatever uh, you know angst he's living in. You know, the
0: chorus is, "Hey, Julie, look what they're doing to me. Trying to trip me up. Trying to wear me down. Julie, I swear it's so hard to bear it, and I'd never make it through without you around." you know that's the chorus and uh but again it's just the tunefulness of it mm. and the you just want to sing along or you want to like call up the guys in your band and learn to play it like yeah. you obviously have sat around playing this song I love it you know i mean it's it's joyful it's, yeah they they're bringing they're finding the like the nobility in this in these ordinary people, just, just regular people, which is what we all write about. You're just writing about regular people and their lives, and they're finding a way to make that really sing because that's what everybody is, just people trying to make it through their lives. And especially on this record, a whole record about this stuff, mm-hmm. Fountains of Wayne to manage to carry, cover so many parts of it, whether on this song or one of the ones, the most beautiful one on the record we're going to play after this. But I love that song, Hack and Sack." you know, if you never get back here again because you're out in california trying to be a star or fire island i think is a fantastic song it's about a kid begging his parents just like so all the great the memories house. of when we did this and when we did that when right. we partied when we stayed up all night while you were out on fire island it's like and each verse ends with a different place the parents went to like and while he's kind of saying like hey go on vacation it's totally cool i'll stay home so I can get fucked up and drink all your booze <laughs> and while house. you're out on Fire yeah, Island yeah. or wherever, you, or while you go skiing or wherever it is they go to.
1: And then another one is all kinds of time. Now, that's taken from something that oh, yeah. all of a sudden was made up by football announcers somewhere in the early 80s where they would say, the quarterback that is not under a heavy rush has all kinds of time, which is weird. It's very almost E.E. E. Cummings, all kinds of time. <laughs> and, and, but – they do that and and it's not a song it's not stealing that line and making it again, as Adam says, it, it, creating this noble landscape they're actually talking about a quarterback who has all kinds of time and his whole family's around the big screen TV watching him, and he has this moment which which you always picture athletes might have that stolen moment where everything slows down for the great ones, the Dimaggios, the rocky marcianos, the Jordans, the Lebron James, that moment where everything is slow, and he's just it's it's like suspended. The guy's getting open, and he's throwing the perfect pass. And this—that's what the song's about. It's that's all it is about. It's great. And so it sounds great. like a hokey thing for a song, but
0: actually, it's like a frozen moment in time, and he captures it so well. Everything's going poorly, as he says in the first verse. When all of a sudden it starts to make sense, he's got all kinds of time. And then and then it's a song about him and and the moment on the field, but then also about like. He thinks of his mother. He thinks of his bride to be. He thinks of his father. His two younger brothers gathered around the wine screen TV. Everyone's watching him, and it's all going to be fine, because he totally knows what to do, you know. And it's just—it's like they've captured this split second of time in this guy's mind. And it's—it's it's that's an incredibly hooky song too. Yes. But um, but I want to play. Uh, Let's go to. I hey want to play Julie "Hey Julie" because I I really love this song, and this is this should have been a hit. It's just—it's such a great song. Just that this music doesn't get. It's so perfect and timeless and i don't know what the word is not necessarily having any radio genre to fit Mm. into a lot of times because it's not alternative enough for alternative it's you know it's just a great song yeah this is this is hey julie
2: all day for a mean little man with a clip on tight and a rub on tan. He's got me running around the office like a dog around a track. But when I get back home, you're always there to rub my back. Hey, Julie, look what they're doing to me, trying to trip me up, trying to wear me down. I swear it's so hard to bear it and I'd never make it through without you around. No, I'd never make it through without you around. Hours on the phone making pointless calls. i got a desk. Full of Paper that means nothing at all. Sometimes I catch myself staring into space, counting down the hours till I get to see your face. Hey, Julie, look what they're doing to me, trying to trip me up, trying to wear me down. I swear it's so hard to bear it And I'd never make it through without you around No, I'd never make it through without you around How did it come to be that you and I must be Far away from each other every day? Why must I spend my time filling up my mind With facts and figures that never add up anyway? He's got me running around the office like a gerbil on a wheel He can tell me what to do, but he can't tell me what to feel Hey Julie, look what they're doing to me Trying to trip me up, trying to wear me down Julie, I swear it's so hard to bear it And I'd I'd never make it through without you around No, I'd never make it through without you around No, I'd never make it through without you around
1: Also, if I may say, they don't belabor anything there. It's there, and it's gone.
0: (laughs) Man, that's so great, though. There's such a beauty to that song. Choosing to play it for the most part without drums at first. Well, not for the most part. Completely without drums at first. Except for the little, like, the the wooden fish they're playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then bringing the kick in. Just the kick for a little Bass, while. Yeah. And then the kick and some, there's some like rim shot playing, I think, in there a little right, bit right, right. for the latter part of it. And that it's great just, keyboard
1: part we both forgot about. Yeah,
0: like it's like a toy piano or a piano. I can't tell whether it's a toy piano or a piano. It's just, there's, I mean, there's even great melodies in the instrumental parts. It's just really, Yeah. it's beautiful. Uh, the one I want to finish up with today is also like one of my favorite songs. It's just so beautiful and romantic and it conjures this whole vision i've always had of like i love winter time here i think it's the most romantic beautiful the the transformation of the northeast when winter hits when the snow when the streets are like covered in white and there are no sidewalks and streets anymore it's just especially out in the country like where you live or you know i often you know if there was like a vacation you know you're in a cottage in woodstock or or massachusetts in this case as he says you know Hey, sweet Annie, don't take it so bad. You know the summer's coming soon. Though the interstate is choking under salt and dirty sand, and it seems the sun is hiding from the moon. Your daddy told you when you were a girl the kind of things that come to those who wait. So give it a rest, girl. Take a deep breath, girl. And meet me at the Bay State tonight, which, of course, is Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. The snow is coming down on our New England town, and it's been falling all day long.
1: And the way they sing that. That's
0: be- it's so beautiful. What else is new? What could I do? I wrote this Valley Winter song to play for you. You know, it's like he's there in the woods or somewhere with this girl. And he wrote a song for her and he says it, you know, and and it's just. it, It sums up the whole winter, you know, and late December can drag a man down. You feel it deep in your gut. Short days and afternoons spent pottering around in a dark house with the windows painted shut. Remember New York, staring outside as reckless winter made its way from Staten Island to the Upper West Side, whiting out our streets along the way, and the snow is coming down on our New England town and it's been falling all day long. What else is new? What can I do but sing this valley winter song I wrote for you? I mean, I don't know, man, there's just some, just starting it off with too, with Hey, sweet Annie, don't take it so bad. There's something so personal about it's that. It's like a letter. I love that touch. Like a letter. Yeah. You know, but the, yeah, I am a big fan of the personal notes and the names and songs that, that like, cause somehow without even noticing it, maybe all the real feelings that are wrapped up in that name comes out in the simple way you say it. When he says, Hey, sweet Annie, don't take it so bad. I like my heart chokes right there and it's the first fucking line of the song. Yeah. You know, because there's something real in that for him, you know, and, and it kills me.
1: Yeah, you, you do it. Uh, oh, you, I use that stuff in a, all, all over the place. But in Miami, it's so great. You just stick the name in there real quick where she's coming yeah. down. It, it, it's not like, you know, in Anna Begins or certain things or Maria in songs. That, in that song, you, you place it in just enough to heart wrench. It's so great. you know, And that, that Miami always reminded me of kind of a letter too or a note you would send somebody sung in that way, of course, Counting Crows, Miami. And um, in this song, and again, named after a town, um, in this song, uh, I had forgotten about that last verse about the Upper West Side. Uh, I always think of this as a New England song. Also, I think of it as like a country song. It reminds me of like the old kind of style of country, not the popular modern country. But, um, and also, you're right, Up By Me, and we dread it a lot of times because it could be power outages. I know. It I could know. be yeah. But when when the when the uh, when the, the full moon is out, because I have no lights where I am. There are no street lights. I'm like in the mountains. So there's no sidewalks or street lights. So when it snows, there is no demarcation between the lake, my house, my lawn, <laughs> the road, yeah, you know, anything. And You're right. It's the most romantic. It's not even romantic. It's science fiction esque. I
0: feel like I'm on the moon. It's transformative. You know what reminded me of when I saw the movie uh, Gangs of New York, uh, and it's New York in the what 1600s or the late or the early 1700s. Yes, um, at a time before there were necessarily. Oh no, no, it's during uh, Civil War, so it's 18. 66? No, it's got to be before the Civil War. Isn't it? You know, it
1: is because the Civil War they're 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 drafting. They have the draft riot riots right in the middle of that. Oh, thing. right, 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 right. It starts off. You're right. It starts off prior to that. Yeah, because like the, the first scenes, yeah, 30s, right, where he comes out in the snow and he stamps his feet. But but
0: there's there are no roads. I mean, there are there are kind of basic roads. You know, almost like canyons between buildings, like there are like we call them the canyons now. You know, right. uh, but especially down there, especially and in the winter. It's like the streets have just disappeared, you know, and it's just that. And it's when it blankets New York, even now, a really big snowstorm and you look outside first thing in the morning and or in the middle of the night, there are no roads. And it reminds me of that scene in Gangs of New York when it's like, wow, there's just there's just no streets here. You know, it just it's very transformative. It, It erases all of the vestiges of civilization like sidewalks and and curbs and
1: parking spaces. It just erases that. And it's just, it's just white everywhere. That's a great memory on your part. Cause I forgot that film opens up in the snow, but there's also a great part of that film where it goes at the very beginning where he goes up with the camera and it just shows again, the confluence of the five points, the yeah. five and how vast New York city is this little small conclave of immigrants that are living in their own world. And that's what's so great about that film. It's it's you know they have their own policing, their own fire department. Every this has nothing to do with the rest of the city. This is before they even had like citywide anything, uh, plumbing or, or. And so th- it's this when he does the 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 the, the, uh, the rise of the camera, New York becomes just this flat because it's in the snow. It just becomes this flat spatial thing that you don't think about in New York because this is before it was built up into skyscrapers prior to the twentieth century, and that's what New York is transformed into when it snows here even today where is uh
0: where's where's little where's five points
1: that's down by um mulberry and just south southeast of um of uh little italy area oh, There, okay. yeah yeah it's um in fact we had some visitors from new zealand that were begging me to take them down there when i did they were like wait wait <laughs> you know what i mean they wanted to see the way yeah. and i'm like yeah it's it was a long time ago
0: you know it's funny that line you're talking about in miami the uh the sundown paints the shadows through the daylight amy and what we do you know yeah the names just slipped in there in the middle of the sentence through the daylight amy and what we do you know and uh but i always kind of like regretted that line in some ways because her name is amelia you know but i I, amelia didn't fit through the daylight amelia but you know once i you know it's funny because it so on the record it's amy but years ago i started just singing amelia because uh, once I'd gotten enough used to the song, I didn't have to lay it right down in the beat. You know, I, I didn't have to lay it down through the daylight, Amy, on what we through the daylight, Amelia, on what we. I could, I could, I could lay it out. Right. I could sit back on the beat there and then throw that word in, and you know, but I couldn't do that when I first wrote it. I just didn't have that much freedom with the song yet. Um, it's funny what, you talk about the way things change as you get more used to your songs. You have the freedom to play with the timing, play with the beat, play with the phrasing. And that's one place where I actually used that to correct, not a mistake because I purposely did it as Amy instead of Amelia, but I was able to correct what I always felt was sort of a heartbreaking flaw in the song,
1: which is that it wasn't the
0: real name. Right. you know. Um,
1: but it's the way you use it there. And, and also you broke that song down as you have done with many, many songs, especially when you did the uh, Storytellers down to that acoustic version, and then built it back up to the rock version again that you do now, and you add that extra little yeah. uh, part. It seems like that, doing it, breaking it down to that, and then building it back up allowed you to the come way up you were with f- another section. Yeah. yeah,
0: it does that. I mean, that's one of the things about taking your songs and turning them inside out, is it, it will introduce other ideas to them, and, and then you can reintroduce those ideas to, you know all kinds of other stuff right but anyways so we should probably start to wrap this uh one this up. but i want to play you i want to play you valley made. winter song and we'll come back and sort of sum it up after that but this is such a beautiful song uh all the dreams i ever had of what new england was like of like robert frost in the woods in massachusetts somewhere writing poetry you know this song is resonant it it, it resonates with all that stuff mm-hmm. He's captured it so perfectly, the the picking acoustic guitars, the way the melodies work, the way the harmonies work, the doubled vocals at periods. He's just summed up the mood of this winter in New England. But he's a New Yorker. He's just, he's out of the city spending winter in this cabin or this cottage in New England somewhere Right. or and in it's Massachusetts. A, it's a
1: postcard. That's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a postcard. It's not even so much a letter. It's a postcard. He's, he's giving you a vision and he's giving you a couple of lines that he's sharing with her.
0: Yeah, um, well, he, and he's not necessarily sharing the song. If it, it may or may not be this song, but he's writing a song about getting ready to sing a song to somebody, <laughs> yeah. um, and it may be this song. But it's good, very good. Um, there's a little meta there going on. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is uh, again from Welcome Interstate Managers 2003's uh, album by Fountains of Wayne. This is the one, maybe my favorite song on the record. This is Valley Winters Song.
2: Take it so bad You know the summer's coming soon Though the interstate is choking under salt and dirty sand And it seems the sun is hiding from the moon Your daddy told you when you were a girl The kind of things that come to those who wait so give it a rest, girl, take a deep breath, girl, meet me at the Bay State tonight. The snow is coming down on our new England town, and it's been falling all day long. What else is new? What could I do? for you. outside as reckless winter made its way from Staten Island to the Upper West Side widening out our streets along the way and the snow is coming down on our new England town Sing this valley winter song I wrote for you
1: so much <laughs> just got it just messes me up it's a beautiful song and you really can hear again I, i'm fully convinced it's, it's the most country flavored song on the record when they're playing those that that instrumental where the guitars come in it's really great it's great and, and 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 an excellent way to end things because it does connect us to back to the beatles and that sound that they made so famous
0: oh very much so that song especially yeah, I mean it's a little countryish, but it's also got that that soft doubled vocal. The Beatles use that a lot, and what a melody, man!
1: Mm.
0: It just kills me. Anyways, we should probably wrap this up for today. I just wanted to come back and express my ugh, yeah, just my. I wanted to express the sigh that happens <laughs> in my head every time I hear that
1: song. <laughs> this has been a treat. Yeah, Fountains of Wayne, and our, the beginning of what I what I would imagine is going to be a couple of podcasts here of uh, just. Songs that, or bands that, uh, you're right, should have a, uh, a greater voice out there and, and, and more people listening to them. And also reminiscent of the guitar rock that it was made first famous by the Beatles and then later really solidified by Big Star in the, uh, in the early 70s. We will be back next week with some more uh, guitar
0: pop. Beatle Maniacs by another name. Anyways, this has been the Underwater Sunshine Podcast. I am Adam. And I am James. We will check you out soon. Peace. Leap.